We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dateable Podcast. I'm your host, UA, along with my co-host and producer, Julie. And here we are talking about modern dating again. Surprise, surprise. It's the end of the year. Everyone's trying to figure out their love lives. So everything we'll be talking about will be just be so relevant to what's going on right now. Oh my God. I still can't get over that it's almost the end of the year. Like, where did this year, it, it flew by, I feel like. We say that every year. And I saw this great meme that was like, 
you don't see anybody saying 2022 is going to be my fucking year. Like everybody was saying no, about 2020 never. and 2021. Exactly. Everyone's like being overly cautious. You know, let's just get through this year first. No one will ever <laughs> jinx that again. Yeah. But I think from a dating perspective, this time of year is always fascinating because we hear people all the time saying that the dating apps are dead this time of year mm. in December because everyone is just all over the place with holiday stuff. And then it's that first Sunday of January, the busiest time of the year. So mm-hmm. I think people, what is it like the Super Bowl of dating apps? People have called it before. <laughs> it's Super just, Bowl yeah. <laughs> Get your dating apps loaded and ready to go. But we are doing something very interesting for today's episode because we know we've heard of so many of you say a few things. I think one is that people feel like there's never enough time on dating apps, that people Mm kind of make snap decisions. Maybe they don't give people enough of a chance. You only get one shot that first date. And if if it's not fireworks, then people are quick to move on to the next. Mm -hmm. So we hear that side. And then we also hear people that are sick of dating apps that want more organic connections, more interesting meet cutes, more interesting dates, I guess, maybe as a third element of it, you know, not the traditional go to a bar or even a COVID date of a walk or park. Like what are some ways that, you know, we can be more creative on our dates? So we're kind of combining everything into one for this massive dating experiment (laughs) that I feel like the two of us have wanted to do for years. We have gotten two wonderful subjects to do a 24-hour date. Yes, you heard that right. 24 (laughs) hours. These two brave souls volunteered to be part of this experiment, knowing that they will have to spend 24 hours with each other. Now, of course, the first question everyone asks is, do they have to do an overnight? No, they do not. We're splitting up the days. It's day one and day two, okay? Get your mind out of the gutter. We're not forcing people to sleep together on the first date. But hey, you know, if things go well, maybe they'll do an overnight thing. That's up to them. That is their decision and on their terms. I I feel like this experiment could not get better if they did that. But one of the participants, Jeff, he actually put up on social media, what would you do for 12 hour dates? And the comments that he was getting were hilarious because people didn't even know it was 24 hours. They just thought it was 12. And a lot of them were like, that's a long ass time with someone you never met before. So 24 hours is a long date. That's for damn sure. It's going to be very mm-hmm. fascinating. It's going to be interesting to see how people's perceptions shift throughout the 24 hours. I've never been on a 24-hour date myself, but if you like add up the time, obviously, that you're with people, I feel like I've definitely had dates that I like them way better at the beginning, and then I stopped liking them, and then vice, oh, yeah. <laughs> vice versa, that like there was more of the slow burn that grew over time. So it'll be really fascinating to see all this condensed into one week. The beauty of this experiment is that it is a blind date. They have not seen each other, met each other. They don't know much about each other. And we've also matched them up for specific reasons. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be mind blowing, I can guarantee you, just to see the shift of what they thought they were getting themselves into, what they think their type is, Mm -hmm. and what they end up feeling. Of course, all of us have been there where, you know, we've been, I think a lot of us have been on these first dates that go on forever and ever, Mm -hmm. right? Like you come out of it, you're like, whoa, that was an eight hour date. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, and and then you reflect back and you think, I, I have no idea why we spent so much time <laughs> together. I wonder if it's a forced long date, how that could change their perception of each other. 
Wait, you may have you been on an eight-hour date before? So many. What? So many. <laughs> I've never. When? And yes. Where? How times. did it go? A few times. Damn. Damn, girl. <laughs> yes. Well, like you start, you start the date like maybe in the mid-afternoon, and then you say, "Let's go get drinks," or "Let's, you know, get brunch," or whatever. And then, like, hey, what else you got going on today? Oh, you want to go to the park? You want to go to the museum? And then after that, it's like, oh, you're hungry. You want to get dinner? You want to get drinks after that? And then it goes on forever. I've been on these dates because I really enjoy someone's company. Not that I thought they were my soulmate mm. and I had nothing else better to do. <laughs> Boredom <laughs> is the true, the true reason. <laughs> and I wanted to open myself up to that kind of experience. I've been on a few of these marathon dates. And then in hindsight, you can't judge the quality of date based on the time mm-hmm. you spend with someone. We've talked about this before because it's so dependent on whether you have shit to do that day or not, whether you are in the mood to for something like that. But I have been on these marathon dates and it's very telling because how you feel about them in the beginning completely changes by the end. Wait, so the marathon dates you've been on, have they been within Mm -hmm. like the first couple dates, first dates ever? Yeah, first dates. Wow. What happened after? Did you like, did any of them progress into anything or were you like, I did it all in 24 hours? (laughs) Yeah, slept with them, (laughs) you know, that's... That goes into the eight hours. <laughs> that at that adds the fifteen minutes into the eight hours, you know? but then you have to like cuddle and do the morning after thing, you know. That, that just all adds adds up into it. I've also had dates where you like I've slept with them. I had to go get brunch with friends, and then I go back and wow. hang out with them. Yeah, not for you, huh? <laughs> I really haven't done that. I feel like the only people I've done long dates like that it's when I'm already established with them. It's never been someone very early on. Yeah, no, I've done a few. <laughs> these first dates like that and to answer your question no none of them turned out to be relationships but I would also argue those were self-contained relationships in those eight hours we dated for 24 whole hours yeah started out beautifully and then I learned so much more about him and I decided it was not for me (laughs) I mean you know if we're gonna talk about efficiency maybe everyone should be doing 24 hour dates we're gonna soon find out if it is a good idea or a bad idea from this episode this experiment. But I think another interesting dynamic of this experiment is that we have given both of them only $100 to use throughout the day. And per day in San Francisco, (laughs) the most expensive city (laughs) in the US. But I think part of it is people sometimes equate good dates with what you do, not the quality time that's being spent on it. So of course, Mm -hmm. some of this will be interesting to see how they stretch their money. They've definitely been asking can we go over slightly? Which is actually a testament too to how much money people spend on dating. It's kind of crazy when you think about it that $100 doesn't really take you that far. I mean, granted, it's 12 hours that you're doing stuff, but it is kind of an interesting perspective that that's seen as, you know, not a lot of money. I feel like back in the day when I was like a teenager, $100 felt like won the lottery, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about the same thing because when I lived in New York with my ex-boyfriend. We were, you know, in our early 20s, didn't make much money. And this was New York City. We gave ourselves a budget of $100 a weekend. Wow. A weekend for both of us. And we lived off that for two or three years. And we learned how to manage with groceries, how to make things for each other, how to be more resourceful. It is doable even in a city like New York City. So I think sometimes we forget money 
buys convenience, mm -hmm. it may not buy effort. Yeah, that's a good point. I think it's fascinating, though, because if you go out for a nice dinner in San Francisco, there's $100 right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, like per person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like done. Exactly. So I'm very fascinated to hear how they decide to spend their time. And I think it's really kind of a nice thing that we're doing the alternating days because there is something nice mm -hmm. about it's almost like you're giving a gift to the other person by planning out the date. And I love we are so damn progressive UA that we have the woman going first. Yes. Why should it more yes. dates be like this? I love it because there's no judgment because we've set the rules for them. Uh, I'm so excited to hear the <laughs> outcome and the post date wrap up of, of this experiment. But I've been telling this experiment to a few of my friends and coworkers as well. And so many people are now open to it. In the beginning, when we first posted this, so many people were like, hell no, I would never do this. I would watch someone do this. I would never participate. And now the more we talk about it and because of the holidays, I mm -hmm. think some people have said to me, if you do this again, let oh. me know. I'm down. I'm down. So maybe this will be a rolling thing. I will say we did put out a call out on Instagram, the podcast and Facebook. We got a ton of submissions. So there's definitely a group that was eager to do it. I would say they were about 90% women. So women are uh -huh. way more into this than men for whatever reason. Straight women. Straight, Straight women. women. Yep, that's yep. a good call out. And I've asked a few of my guy friends if they would do it. And the answer was all no. So of course, that's, right. you know, a generalization, but it is what we were seeing for whatever weird reason that women were maybe a little more receptive to this idea. So hats off to Jeff for being brave <laughs> enough for this experiment. He did not need any convincing. Nope. He was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. And you'll see why. His his personality is just so in line with this experiment. It just makes so much sense. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, before we get into this episode, I want to give a few shout outs because I realized that so many people listen to the podcast and then we talk about it on DMs or through email or even through in, in person conversations. And we forget that we had these conversations. So I want to give a shout out to my friend Venus, who's a goddess <laughs> through and through. And she's been listening to our podcast. And Julie, I don't know if you have friends who are like, I keep hearing you talk about a podcast you do. And I finally got a chance to listen to it. It just shows that not all of our friends no. actually listen to our podcast. No. But Venus <laughs> is like, I finally listened to it. I'm hooked on it. I listen to it on my commutes. You guys are so funny and so engaging. And I enjoyed every episode. So I want to give Aww. a reverse shout out to Venus. Thank you so much for listening to our show and for being entertained by us because we entertain ourselves too. I love that name, <laughs> Venus. Definitely goddess it's level. Really name. So, you know, it's interesting because we have so many interactions with people on a weekly basis mm -hmm. that sometimes if they happen early in the week, I forget by the time it's the intro. Forget. Because every week feels, it's weird. I feel like time goes really slow and really fast at the same time. Things that happened a day ago, somehow uh, I feel like is a month ago, even though it was a day ago. Mm -hmm. It's a time warp. Yes. Before we get into our question, I want to ask you your opinion on one thing that's came up for me earlier. It's holiday related. And it kind of made Ooh, me think about spicy. it when you were at talking about our friends listening to the podcast, because I may offend people. So hopefully people Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so if you're a friend of Julie's, you can just turn off the podcast now. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully they're not listening to this episode. No, all good. But I wanted to get your take on Christmas cards or... Maybe the more PC way now is holiday cards. 
Mm. What are your thoughts? Like feelings. Physical cards. Yeah, like people. Customized holiday cards. Send them yeah. in the mail. They typically, not to generalize, they typically are photos of people's family for the most part, are the ones I get. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Mm. Yeah, it's funny. My my partner and I were just having this discussion <laughs> or better yet, uh, a debate <laughs> about this. First and foremost, I'll say this. I will love anything anybody sends me in the mail. I love getting physical mail, unless if it's glitter. I cannot <laughs> do confetti or glitter. That is just bad juju. Don't send that shit. But physical cards, I love because they're handwritten or there's something personalized about them. Now, how do I feel about sending them? My my partner and I took some holiday photos. I didn't know what we we're going to do with them. He wants to send out physical cards. I want to yep. send out PDFs. So yes. there's a difference there. And I said, fine, if you want to do physical cards, you can send it out to your friends. But for my friends, it's an email, honey. Okay, because I know what I do with the physical cards when I get them. I admire them for a few hours and mm-hmm. then I'm sorry, babies. I I recycle them. (laughs) They go in the trash. Where else am I going to put them? So I had this whole conversation with my partner about it too, not to send them out, but just feelings on them. Because I've had, since I moved, I've had a lot of friends reaching out asking for my address Uh to send me their cards, right? And I do want to echo the sentiment that I always like to be thought of. And, you know, it's always nice to receive something. But... You know, she's about to drop the bomb. Oh my God. I had to like not be a total Grinch first. (laughs) I really appreciate the time. I also would not be offended if I got dropped from the mailing list. So how do you say that to Mm -hmm. someone though? Because I do the exact same thing. I have this stack of ones that pile Mm -hmm. up that I look at for a second. Oh, cute. And then I put it in the recycling bin because I can't even put them on anywhere or I just like won't get rid of them at that Mm -hmm. point. It almost feels wasteful to me and what I don't like about them is a couple of things. I think part of it is I'm Jewish so I was never raised with sending Mm. Christmas cards. Or holiday cards. You don't do Hanukkah cards? No. So it's not like a thing that I understand that people have traditions that all these years I don't have that. So if you drop me from your list I will not be offended in any way. I think the other piece of it is I feel like it's another thing that kind of like alienates single people. What single people send holiday cards? Yes. Exactly. And why? Because the only people that send holiday cards are families. Or maybe what I have seen creep in, this is probably what you're doing, I'm going to guess, is a couple with their two dogs, their makeshift family. Is that what you're doing? Yes, we're doing a makeshift makeshift family, I just said. You heard it right. A makeshift (laughs) family. Yes, we have our two dogs. It's really adorable. But I'm a little embarrassed to send them out because I'm like, we have nothing. There's like no news other than what's up? We survived COVID. I have nothing else to update people on. But okay, so but here's the thing that I don't like about them. They're very generic. Mm-hmm. Like if you really want to spread holiday cheer, why don't you text and see how mm-hmm. I'm doing? Not just send a generic card. So there's one thing. I almost feel like it elicits the same stuff for people as social media when they're mm. seeing things that maybe they don't have. I personally don't fall in that camp. So I'm just guessing that it elicits things for people. I think for me, it's like, I just feel like we should celebrate milestones that aren't relationships. Like, I feel like why can't people be as excited for someone landing their dream job or something? I feel like there's a lot of other milestones, but no one would ever send out that holiday card. I just want single people to send out a photo of their dating app. (laughs) 
of them getting blackout drunk at a bar or maybe even on a walk of shame, you know, like that would be a good holiday card, but that would never happen or they would get like ridiculed for it. So what I don't like about them is that it's again, it's some you know, you must fall into the societal flow, kind of, mm. right? It's like once you've hit this stage of, you know, family, that's when you send out your Christmas cards. I never got Christmas cards from half these people yes. until this happened. Because that's when you have something to celebrate is when you have a family. And that's not that's not the right way to think about it. And I had this exact same thought when I was like in my early 30s. So one year for Christmas, I did send out a single UA Christmas holiday card. Love it. Listed out all of my accomplishments, meaning like surviving blackout drunk drunkenness, um, still surviving singlehood, being in my my shoebox apartment in New York City. Good for you. It was meant as a joke, but also inspired by a Sex and City episode where Carrie has like a celebration yep. of her singlehood and she had a, a registry. So I did that. I sent it out as a picture of me in a Santa in a Santa hat. <laughs> I was like, happy holidays, just me. And so many of my friends, my single friends, all kept it because they thought it was hilarious. And then some of my coupled off friends were felt bad for me. And so they were like, is everything okay? <laughs> they called me up like, everything's okay. You know, just want to check in on you. But I agree with your views in that there's always something worth celebrating. And it doesn't mean that you have to be in a family or in a relationship to celebrate that. Yeah. But also what I don't like about these cards is that it's all about me, 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 me. Here's what's been going on in my life. And I'm going to send this out to people that I haven't even spoken to in a year or two. I get these all the time. Yes, for people I'm like exactly. I'm like I haven't talked to you since last Christmas and it was the same exact thing it was just right. you updating me on your life what if there was a way here's an idea for you all you send out Christmas holiday sorry holiday cards to your closest friends friends <laughs> who matter to you and you write a memory that you cherish about you and this friend yeah. together. That card I would save and I would collect them for years to come because that means something to me. And so I think that's what we're missing here is the holiday spirit is about celebrating the connectedness that we have, not just you, your life and yes. your accomplishments. That's a hundred percent it. And I, you know, I definitely, I'm not trying to say this in a way that people shouldn't celebrate marriage mm -hmm. and children and the traditional things that our society views as accomplishments. I absolutely think that we should, but I think we should be more open to other accomplishments yes. too. Those shouldn't be the only ones that are celebrated. So I want to call that out. I definitely like seeing people's kids. I just wish it was socially acceptable that people without kids or without partners could also send something and it wouldn't be like a weird, oh my God, what's wrong is everything okay type of situation julie we should send out our we should send out cards the two of us our People lesbian shoot. For lesbians <laughs> in fact someone just asked me yesterday he thought i was a lesbian with of course julie and i was like well you're not the first so why don't we send out christmas cards or holiday cards celebrating all of our fucking dateable accomplishments because we did so damn much this year i'm so proud of us <laughs> exactly. I love that idea. Why don't we just, you know, put our partners on there too and call it a, um, what's a quadruple? Not a triad anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. A quad? They were not part of this. <laughs> they were not part of these accomplishments. Okay. You know which pictures I'm referring to. Julie and I have very, very good engagement photos, the two of us. That would be perfect. <laughs> we do. Before we get into our question, have you watched Sex of the City reboot yet? 
I have not. You told me about it last night. I was too tired to watch it. I know the spoiler already, and I don't want to spoil it for other people. I already know what happens at the end, and it's like, tied to the title of the show is and just like that <laughs> right isn't that the title <laughs> i i can't even i'm still shook up about it today i do not like it at all and i wanted to discuss it with you but i agree we'll give our listeners another week yes. to catch up and maybe we'll make it on the intro next week you pro- yeah you probably read all the spoilers because it's gotten a lot of press and i think they they did that for a reason but i agree i think it's a really weird way to start off the show oh. Okay, question. We'll get to something less weird. Here's the question. Yes. I know that you're supposed to give people more of a chance than just a first date, but how many dates should you give someone before deciding if you want to keep seeing them or not? Mm. Yes. This is in line with the 24-hour experiment a bit. Yes. (laughs) Going to come back here, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) We've had guests who do five-minute dates, and then they'll actually leave after five minutes if they don't feel like there's chemistry. We've had guests who um, do like the one day only, and they go on like a thousand first dates. There is something to be said about giving people time, because naturally how Mm -hmm. we met people before dating apps were through repetitive FaceTime. When you see someone over and over again, you develop chemistry with them. So yes, beyond a first date, I think after the first date, you should always ask yourself, did I enjoy spending time with this person? Take the romance out of it. Did I enjoy spending time with them? If the answer is yes, go on a second date. We believe in a two date default. We've talked about this before, just because the first date is all about just getting to know each other. And the second date, you can gauge more of that chemistry. Now coming out of the second date, Mm -hmm. I think you should come out with, am I from like zero to a hundred? How attracted am I to this person so that I want to see them again? Zero to a hundred. Am I past the 50% mark? And if you are, go on a third date. And I think that's how you keep progressing is every date you gauge where you are on that spectrum. I think some of this is knowing yourself too, because there are some people in our audience and our listeners that, you know, give people so many tries Mm -hmm. and they don't really know what they're looking for at all. And then there's the other people that swing to the opposite side of the pendulum that are quick to get rid of Mm -hmm. people, right? So I think some of it is knowing where you are too. There is something nice about being like, I know what I'm looking for to some degree. And I'm not saying that it should be qualities like they're six feet or whatever. But you know, like someone that makes me laugh. If I can't laugh on a date, then maybe that isn't the person for me. Or maybe not even someone that makes me laugh, but someone I can laugh with, like enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have some things that are hard non-negotiables. I think that is important because if you don't have a North Star, it's going to be really hard to find anyone. That being said, if it's all superficial non-negotiables, that's another reason why maybe giving that second date or extended time could actually help you get out of your own way. So I think there is a side of understanding yourself and where you are. The other piece is every date's a spectrum too. You may not feel fireworks, but I think there's been dates I've been on that I wanted to get out. Yes. If you feel that need that you just do not want to be there and there's zero attraction, I think that 
it's okay to trust your gut a little too. I think sometimes we try to make things work that just won't work. And that's not necessarily the right approach either. But I think if you're at least 50% on this person, or you're having a good enough time that you're, you know, enjoying yourself, maybe you're not like this is my husband or wife, but at least you're saying I'm enjoying my time with this person. I think those ones can grow. But I think if you're in this stage that you're just trying to like, because they're good on paper, for instance, make it work even though you hate being mm-hmm. there. I think that is okay to listen to yourself and just not keep giving it a try. Okay, I think that's a good way to wrap that up then. So quick announcements for this week. At Dateable Podcast, follow us on Instagram. Remember, five-star reviews really, really helps us out. So that can be our holiday gift to us. <laughs> no need to send us a Christmas card. Just give us a five-star review. We'll be super happy. Um, I think that's good for announcements. And let's take a quick message from our sponsors. This episode is made possible by our sponsor, BetterHelp. In our years of doing this podcast, there has been one major takeaway, and that is therapy is beneficial for pretty much everyone. And we are so happy that BetterHelp makes therapy more accessible for all by matching you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours by connecting in a safe and private online environment. And you can send a message to your counselor anytime, I know I do, and schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. As our wonderful dateable listeners, we want you all to start living a happy your life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash dateable. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp spelled H-E-L-P dot com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. This episode is brought to you by Pros. Most of you have probably heard me talk about Pros, the world's most personalized hair care, and I want to update you all on the incredible results I've been seeing since using my customized products, which include a personalized shampoo, conditioner, and a pre-shampoo mask. My hair is now noticeably smoother, and I used to have really frizzy hair, and now it's much easier to tame. I personally really love the pre-shampoo mask because, well, it smells incredible, and it just makes my hair feel even softer. To get started with the personalization process, you take an in-depth hair quiz with questions around where you live, your diet, and your lifestyle. And they even take into account stress. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. Pros is a healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash datable. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Okay, let's hear how this 24-hour date unravels. Let's meet our daters. First up, we've got Jeff. He's 43 years old. He lives in Oakland, originally from the suburbs of Chicago. And he's pretty single. He's been taking a dating sabbatical, well, until now. (laughs) He recently moved back to the Bay from Chicago after ending a pretty serious relationship. Mind you, I have not gone on a date for probably over two years. So instead of me thinking like, oh, well, you know, let me just ease on into it. I'm like, 24 hours. Let's do this. Then we've got Nora. She's 35 years old. She lives in San Francisco, originally from New York, and she's single and actively going on dates. She recently moved to San Francisco after being bi-coastal since college. 
Dating in New York has not been great. Like the ratio of women, straight women to straight men is just like so skewed. So for me, I was excited to come to the Bay Area. You know, I just got here and dating's been for me a really positive experience here so far. Like everyone has been so intentional. They're open to communicating what they want. I mean, I haven't met someone who I feel like chemistry with yet, but... I think men know they have to work a little harder because there aren't millions of women just like who are beautiful and gorgeous and running around New York in their stiletto heels that are like 5'10". It's like nice to see men doing the work. So this 24-hour date concept, we sent Jeff and Nora out for two 12-hour dates, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday, and both daters got $100 to spend. And we had Nora plan day number one, Jeff plan day number two. And throughout the date, UA and I checked in with them to hear how <laughs> it was going, what they were up to, how the connection was blossoming, basically what they were spending their time doing. So let's hear from them for the first check-in all about their first impressions. It's been really good. You know, it's like we haven't run out of things to say. She's just so dope and smart and like and dynamic and fascinating. And yeah, I'm just having a really interesting time, like finding out about her life. We walked across the entire Golden Gate Bridge and then we walked all the way through Presidio and we just had dim sum. And $100 is not a lot of money, but we got dim sum for like, $20. So I feel like it's a win. I think we've learned a, a ton about each other. It'll be fascinating. It could all go downhill from here. Um, we are. Am I attracted to her? I don't know. I feel like we're more like friendly with her than I'm like attracted to her. But that might change. I don't know. First impressions are great so far. Jeff seems really open. He seems down for anything. He's such a good sport. He's also just really open and vulnerable, and that's really cool. And it's been really nice to explore the city together. So overall, great first impression, great selection. Thank you for being thoughtful in that choice. Um, yeah, this is really fun so far. And then we checked in with them again around 6 p.m. to hear one surprising thing they've learned about each other. Now, keep in mind, this is eight hours into the date. So this is way longer than your typical date. Let's just hear what they found surprising. What have we been up to since, when did I check in? Like three, two, three? Um, so now we're in the Mission District. We're at Mission Chinese Food, classic place. We love it because it's super cheap. We only have $32 left and we're trying to maximize it. What have we done in the meantime? We tried to find the best mojito, um, could not find it. As like we kept going to places that did not have mojitos. We had a lot of bad drinks. So we went to like three or four different bars. We got tired because we've been walking like, I think we have like 30,000 steps today. Because we did walk across the Golden Gate Bridge, walk back, and then walk across the entire Presidio all the way to dim sum in the morning. I don't know if I mentioned that, but that's what we did. As for the question, what is something that I, surprising that I learned about her? I don't know that she's like a badass and she's dope at her work. And also she's still trying to figure things out like the rest of us, right? Like, like we we're talking both about like going through like imposter syndrome and struggling with that. And, you know, like we're recovering people pleasers. And how do you figure out a way in which to be, you know, happy and successful? So a lot of conversation about that. Hello. Um, we have been in search of the perfect mojito in SF since our last check-in. That was kind 
kind of an abysmal failure, but in a really fun way. Uh, apparently there was a mix shortage in San Francisco. So uh, yeah, we just kind of ended up bar hopping and now we're at Mission Chinese. It's one of my favorite places. Yeah, one really surprising thing I learned was just how much Jeff stepped up to help take care of his nephew. Um, he moved all the way back to Chicago, got an apartment. I thought that was really incredible and it shows you know how much he comes through for the people he cares about so very surprising um actually i have two so i'll tell you another one um his last date was two years ago <laughs> i was like uh mine was earlier this week uh sorry but i mean not sorry because i literally don't know you um well i do now but 12 hours ago i did not so yeah um it's been really fun and i will check in with you probably in another few hours and then at the end of the date around 10 30 we checked in with them for a final time we still couldn't gauge if there was a romantic connection here. Mm. So we really wanted to push them a little further and ask on a scale of one to 10, how would they rate the date? And did they see a romantic connection? Ooh, this is getting spicy. 10.55 p.m. Laying in bed back in Oakland. Man, I think I hurt my leg because I think we walked so much. My body was not ready to be walking that much. But anyway, um, to answer your question, how excited I, I am about tomorrow? Oh no, man. I mean, we just spent 12 hours together. Like a six, maybe a seven. Maybe after I get some rest, maybe it'll be higher. Um, as for like whether we're compatible together, I'd probably rate it like our compatibility is like a five out of 10. We had a really amazing day, right? And we connected and was, you know, I, I'd give that like seven and a half, eight out of 10 because just we were able to get along. But, you know, the reality is, is like, I'm a play guy. Play is like rooted in who I am. And I asked her like, when was the last time she played? And she doesn't know, right? So it's not wrong or right. It's just different. You know, we have different, like, like my lowest level of play is probably over an overwhelming amount of play. So we'll see tomorrow. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm, I'm wrong about that, but yeah. We could talk all day about anything especially about like politics and race and all the all that jazz but from a compatibility standpoint right now it's like a five out of ten maybe it'll change hello um sorry i didn't do the memo last night i was so tired i literally put a heating pad on my hip and fell asleep i would say i'm excited uh, I'm like at a seven and that's only because honestly, 12 hours is a really, really long time. You know, it's like this paradoxical situation where I think you're giving someone, you know, obviously more of a chance and time to get to know people. And it's been awesome to be able to delve more deeply and to kind of, I think you're trying to wear us down, right? That's the point. Um, you're also trying to make sure you give, you know, each of us gives someone a real chance. Cause I think in this disposable app era it's just like people don't even try yeah it's like 12 hours so i'm only giving them a seven because of that and i think trust intimacy that comes with time and you can't cram that all at once right it's like sustained connection it's consistent behavior in some ways yesterday was this like for me i tend to overshare and then have like an emotional hangover if you give me two hours i'll do that so if you give me 12 hours i'll really do that so maybe also feeling a little bit like oh okay like what will today bring given that yesterday kind of brought you know definitely new and unique experiences both in terms of experiencing sf generally but then also yeah experiencing all these things with a man i literally didn't know 24 hours ago so yeah a little bit actually more nervous now that he's had a chance to kind of see who i am right but yeah i'm also just physically tired 
tired, I'm old. Not old, obviously, but heating pad after a 12 mile walking day old. Um, yeah, I do think maybe there's a romantic connection, but I couldn't say that after seeing someone once, you know, that's just for me, literally impossible. And then we're back at it again for day number two. The daters met again at 10 a.m. This time we checked in with them around the same time as yesterday, which is 2 p.m., but we didn't get a voice memo back until 5 p.m. So WTF, what was happening? <laughs> Turns out they were having a little too much fun. <laughs> okay, here is my recording. Probably two or three hours late. Apologize, but you know, these things happen. Um, it's been awesome. It's been so lovely. The things that I planned out worked out even better than I thought. So I took her to my friend Reem's restaurant. She owns this really dope, awesome restaurant. And she was there and um, a bunch of my friends that also work there were there. And they told us all about the restaurant and they gave us a tour of the restaurant. And that was like really the thing because I wanted to do something different where we like interacted with other people. It wasn't just like pressure was just on us to like, oh, it's we can only talk to each other. So that was the strategy. Like, OK, let's do things that that I wouldn't even normally do anyway. Right. So I'm going to Reams. They gave us so much extra food, which is great because I was like, our budget is only like $30. And then we went to my friend's campaign holiday party. So my friend Matt Haney is running for office, some assembly district or something like that. So we crashed his party because it's a free party where they had like grits and chicken wings and um, waffles and stuff like that. And then they and then we got drinks and then we started telling everyone about this dateable podcast episode. And then people people started buying us drinks. So I had a plan of what we were going to do next. I was actually going to take us to the mall and pass out flowers to people that we thought were really dope. But this guy just came up to us and he goes, hey, you know, you're all really cool. I've already bought your shots. You want to go to this party at Twitter? I might be going to this Twitter party. So I don't know if he's, we're going to actually go. We'll, we'll see if he comes through, but we're down. Oh, the other thing of like, are we more attracted to each other or less? I think we're, in my opinion, I think I'm less likely. Like I now know her enough to know that like I'm super playful super flexible super and she's just different and I'm, mu I'm much more like clear about that as we've spent more and more time and also like now she's asking less questions so it's like not as curious so like that's just the vibe and the interesting but it was but still we're having a really fun time so and that was the goal hello sorry for the delay this is Nora um the date's going really well you were asking me to check in again about the romantic prospect part and I feel like it's an interesting concept I think in two hours, I was like, okay, this is somebody I would go on another date with, right? But the activation energy for that next step in terms of like romantic viability, like I don't think even if you spent like a full 24 hours together, you could like figure that out. It's sustained consistency. It's sustained like reliability that for me, and I know that's like maybe like too much, right? Like how do you define romantic? For me, it's like, oh, do I feel safe around you, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's going really well. It's been wonderful. We're also, it's its not even about like Jeff to some extent. It's like how incredible San Francisco is. It's how wonderful people have been in response. Like we're like, we have a hundred bucks to do this thing. And then like we get free drinks, we get free food. It's like pretty incredible. And it's like, I think just generally it's been wonderful to be reminded that if you're open, the universe is open and kind. And that's pretty fucking cool. So yeah, uh, going well. I could maybe see something. I don't know. It's just like you can't tell in 24 hours. Um, but what an experiment. This is pretty fucking cool. So thanks. <laughs> 
And then at the end of the date, we did one final check-in. We heard a lot about what was going down on this date, but not a lot about the connection still. So we really pressed if Mm. there was the connection and if there would be a date number two. Woo! All right, final recording, 10, 16 p.m. It has been a journey. We have done so much for 24 hours. The fact of just being with someone for 12 hours, then a break, and then 12 more hours is, it's hard, man. It is, it is difficult. Um, Going back to the question of like, would we go out again? Um... In my opinion, no. <laughs> and, and not because because she's dope. She's dynamic. She's beautiful. She's amazing. She's fucking so smart. And it's going to be so successful. It's going to do so many dope ass things. But like compatibility wise, we're just different. We're just, I even told her that. I was just like, you know, I'm like a play guy. Like I, I spend more of my time being much more process oriented and, and, and not focus on results. And like, you know, her, her life is, is built around results. Like that's what's her whole life is. Has been you know from when she was going to elementary school to now like you know as a lawyer and all the accomplishments she's had so yeah we're just different we're just different and i am much more curious um or i don't know if i'm much more curious but it's just like i ask more questions i don't think i don't know if she even asked questions the second time but she was definitely more comfortable and didn't feel like she had to prove herself or do any extra things that she had to do the first day. She communicated to me, so we were much more real today. And being much more real today, I realized that we were we're, we're just not as compatible, which is fine, right? Which is you know, it's just it's just what it is. But the fact that we were able to like connect and be as uh, sociable with each other for that long period of time, even though we didn't know each other, was really like amazing and difficult to do but we were able to pull it off so overall the date was like a seven and a half eight out of ten um compatibility wise we're probably like a five or a six and i hope she finds someone super dope and i would be down to crash her wedding hello reporting back after the end of the second date it was an incredible adventure the first 12 hours you know i planned and so it was difficult to assess like what does Jeff like are his choices in terms of the things that bring him joy and you know how he would like to spend his time Uh, he was like really go with the flow he was really down to do anything and so like there's an initial oh okay this guy he's really flexible he's really open he's got a lot of like wonderful positive energy he's easy to be around but you know through the second date because he planned it I'm able to get more of a glimpse into like how he operates and how he engages with the world and so I think by the second half of the second date it kind of became clear on a very fundamental level that we really like engage with the world differently and I think we view the world pretty differently Um, again I think the first 12 hours gave me a much greater sense of like how our values and our morals definitely I feel like in a lot of ways aligned you know which I don't think you get that after a regular normal timed first date but you know through the second date I think we were able to go even more deeply into like 
how do we see things? How do we see people? How do we want to engage? And I would say Jeff likes to play a lot. And, you know, I've definitely learned a lot from him in, over the last like 48 hours. And I definitely aspire to be more playful and to not take myself and others and life even too seriously. But at this point in time, I would say we are fundamentally very different in that respect. And I think, especially given that play is so important to Jeff and I'm just not as playful uh, that, you know, I don't think romantically we would work out, we'd be viable, but he's definitely somebody I would love to be friends with and somebody I would love to continue to learn from and hang out with. And yeah, I mean, he has really cool friends. He's doing really cool things. You know, I think he's learned a lot about the importance of not expecting too much and just kind of living your life based on the values you have and who you are and being unapologetic about it. So I thought that was definitely really cool. And yeah, this experience was really fun. I learned a lot about myself and kind of how I do engage with the world currently at this point in time, as well as how I, I want to show up. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, so yeah, I don't think we're going to go out again, but um, I had a really wonderful time meeting him. And I thought this experiment was very, very cool. <laughs> So after this 24-hour date, we wanted to check in with both Jeff and Nora to hear what really went down and how they're feeling after it all settled in. Let's start the conversation with Nora. So Nora, you went on a 24-hour date, which we're guessing it's probably the first time you've ever done anything like that. <laughs> what in particular about this date was different than your normal date? Um, honestly, like first and foremost, it was just like physically exhausting. Like I <laughs> am 35 years old. I'm like in reasonably good shape, I thought. But like after the first night, I literally had to put a heating pad on my hip. <laughs> and I was like, am I 35 or am I 75? Because this is like insane. But I mean, I think like just like physically, it was like taxing in that respect. But I think also like, I mean, I had to commit to spending 24 hours with someone that I might mm -hmm. not even like. <laughs> and I think in this era of like complete, like, I don't know, I feel like with the apps, people view other people sometimes is totally disposable and people won't even give people 24 minutes. And here I am like <laughs> committing a full day to someone I don't know. And so- um, A full weekend. Yeah. For a weekend, yeah. I was like, I have a lot of shit to do, but I'm definitely going to just not do anything that I need to do in my life and commit to this. Um, but yeah, I think we just were able to delve really deeply into like our values, our morals and you know, I got a sense of who someone was at their fundamental level really quickly. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely really different. I feel like, and I think I said this in one of my recordings, I was like, you guys just wore us down, right? Like that was like <laughs> one of the things you did. And so at one point, like I remember, you know, like my vision of the date was definitely really different than Jeff's. I did a lot more like one-on-one -on -one things mm -hmm. and I, I, I like did like traditional date things. And he kind of, my view is he kind of had like a scavenger hunt vibe to his stuff. Mm. And like, you know, I think, Generally, I'm a people pleaser and I think I would have like got along with some of the things he wanted. But, you know, he planned a second date and like 17 hours in, he asked, like we went to the Salvation Army and we had to pick out like things. Number one, mm -hmm. I picked out very utilitarian things, which I don't think he like, yeah, like we'll talk about compatibility later. But, um, <laughs> you know, and then he like takes me to a political like fundraiser and I'm like, I'm taking this shit off. Like I am not going into this place <laughs> wearing, like I literally looked, you know, like I, I looked homeless. I was wearing multiple layers of things. I just didn't. I was like, by 17 hours in, I definitely felt more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But I also had this paradoxical feeling of discomfort because 
I tend to overshare it. I said this also. So like in two hours, I can easily overshare in a date, but now you've given me 24 hours. <laughs> and so I could like really overshare. And so there was this like sense of intimacy because of the shared time. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I still don't know this person. You can't know someone 24 hours later, right? So you, okay. So it's interesting This it sounded like at the beginning, it sounded like there was maybe more of a connection for you. And then as yeah. time went on, it seemed to be more this might not be the best match. We're not super compatible. Kind of walk us through that. Like what changed for you? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, so I think like physically I just didn't get, I mean, to be completely frank, I didn't feel a lot of like chemistry initially, Mm -hmm. but I really, really enjoyed Jeff's personality. I thought he radiated this positive energy that I would love to be around. And his morals and values really aligned with the ones I currently have and the ones I aspire to have, I think. Like, Mm. he's somebody really committed to play in all aspects of his life. And I'm somebody who, I tend to be a rule follower. I tend to take myself and things too seriously. I tend to have a lot of expectations about things. And it was, like, wonderful to be around somebody who was, like, unapologetically himself Mm -hmm. and who wants to play. But I'm just, you know, and I want to be more playful and I think I'm going to work on it for sure. Like, I think through this experience, I learned a lot about myself, but I'm just not that down to play all the time. I have like stuff to do. I like tend to take things really seriously. And um, yeah, so I think for me in complete honesty, like I think I got the sense from him that I wasn't compatible for him. Mm. And so for me, like, I think I was like, okay, like I might have gone on another date with him, honestly, but mm-hmm. I, think, I think play is so important to him and I'm just not as playful of a person in that sense like I do think I'm playful but I'm not gonna talk to strangers for 24 hours right like I think like yeah yeah, I was like my my conception of the date was to get to know this person Mm -hmm. and throughout the adventure he engaged with a lot of other people yeah and Mm -hmm. um there was a lot of that which didn't feel to me I was like that's not what this is about but I do want somebody who generally is like obviously really like social and you know we wanted to ask you about that because we also Mm. had that same feeling of there's a lot of people on this date all of a sudden how did you feel about that versus one-on-one yeah so uh, you know at the end of the day when you have 24 hours like we did speak to each other a lot and we did like he did ask me really thoughtful questions about myself and he Mm -hmm. was a very attentive listener but I definitely felt like the spirit of the date wasn't in line with what I viewed the date to be and I was a little bit Mm. uh, thrown off by that and a little bit like you know I think at a certain point we stopped getting to know each other as well and you know I could have obviously steered the date back and I think you know I I didn't I was also I mean I was like physically really tired (laughs) (laughs) and just to clarify when you say that it shifted the spirit of the date it went from getting to know each other to now it's all kind of activity-based Things. Yeah, it was like activity based. I felt like I was being challenged. And I definitely want to be challenged, but not by someone I don't know, maybe completely in complete honesty. Like, I mean, but like, he needs to figure out if I'm someone he wants to be with too. And like, I get the sense he wants somebody who's totally down to do all these different things and to think outside the box. And yeah, that's just not really like me, I think I need a little bit more comfort around someone before, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just like not going to show up to political fundraiser wearing a Salvation Army sweatshirt. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Fair enough. Like, I was like, no, like last night, you know, like we were kind of talking and I was like, I just kind of felt like, oh, am I not that fun? 
And, you know, uh-huh. that's my own stuff, right? Like someone's own perception of me, you know, especially someone like, yeah, we spent 24 hours together, but he doesn't know who I am, right? And so this is a thing that I just need to work on generally mm-hmm. to not be swayed. Like I know who I am uh, or I'm working on that. And I know I'm a fun person and my sense of fun might not be the same as someone else's. But yeah, I yeah. think I do think we are not compatible, but I think I was a little hurt that maybe he didn't think we were compatible because everyone wants to be liked anyway, right? Right. So, again, that's a me thing. Did he say that to um, you? Yeah, I think so. I think he wanted to like be direct and frank, which I also really appreciated. Um, I wasn't sure how I was feeling, to be completely honest. I I felt really exhausted and I feel like I didn't have time to really process mm-hmm. everything. Like I think I would have taken more time to think through. Okay, because like I do think it's really hard to come by someone who has a joy for life like that and mm-hmm. like morals and values that I like. I just felt like he understood me. There was an implicit understanding there that I think comes a lot from our shared upbringings. Like mm-hmm. he's half. Filipino, I'm Indian, and a lot of who I am and how I perceive the world and a lot of the expectations I place on myself come from that Asian upbringing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's nice to not have to explain that and nice for somebody to get that. But I mean, there are so many measures of compatibility. And I mean, I think there was definitely other things that were lacking. It was just really nice to meet someone though, who like, I feel like understood me and agreed with me on like Mm -hmm. really fundamental things. Right. Like, I think he'd be a good dude. Like, I think he'd be like, for example, and this is not like a lot, like, this is not aligned with the Asian part, but he was just like a really thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. And like the second day, he like brought a care package because wow. it was going to rain. And he remembered like popcorn was uh, a snack I really liked. And he had an umbrella and a poncho and popcorn. I was like, that's so thoughtful of me. Right. Here's a man who's like, yeah, he's like clearly emotionally available. Mm-hmm. He's ready to put the work in, right? Like whether or not I liked or agreed yep. with his ideas for the date, he came in with a really, really thought out plan. And, you know, he introduced me to people in his life mm-hmm. and he did all the things I think a lot of us want someone to do. And so I think I was kind of mm. hoping like the chemistry would build mm-hmm. because he has a lot of the things I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. He really does. Uh, I just, there was like, I think fundamentally we just kind of view the world a little bit differently and I think we're looking for people like I think I need someone a little lower energy and Mm -hmm. I think he needs someone higher energy I thought I had a lot of energy but I don't have 24 hour date every day energy so (laughs) okay let's hold that thought for a quick message This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC. THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. 
With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What does being playful mean to you? I think it it means being down and flexible, but I also think there are boundaries and there are limitations, just like there are with anything, right? Like I think I think it was a really cool idea to go pick out something at the Salvation Army. But then when I'm going to go to this political fundraiser, I want to be respectful to the candidate. Mm -hmm. I want to be respectful to the people around us. And I want to be presentable uh, because I want people to respect me and I want people to, you know, I just, I don't, I'm a rule follower too, to some extent. Like I think he had some other ideas or like one of the ideas was to basically pretend we're in a fight like with an uber driver there and i'm like i don't want to put an uber driver in a really uncomfortable spot honestly like that's just not me so i think i'm playful but i also want to be really respectful Mm -hmm. of other people and i tend to be really and maybe i'm too empathetic i am a really empathetic person and i'm maybe i'm attributing my own comfort levels and my own morality onto like these random people like i feel like generally people didn't care like he got compliments on his sparkly scarf he got compliments on his hat on top of his hat but i was just like Yeah, I just, yeah. I think being playful means being open, being flexible, not being so wedded to results, but, you know, trying things and experimenting. But for me to be able to do that, I think I need more comfort with the situation and more Mm -hmm. comfort with the person I'm with. It does sound like you would consider yourself playful. You're just not to the level of playfulness that he wanted. Agreed. Or his definition of playful. That might not be the only definition either, right? Right. I I actually think I'm a really playful person and I believe other people would say that about me, but... um, I can be shy. I can be, you know, like I can, I mean, which people, I guess sometimes they don't believe, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I don't think I embody any value 
or personality trait that's like completely unbounded. And mm-hmm. I think with Jeff, I saw a level of energy. I saw a level of playfulness. I saw a level of just kind of like not giving a fuck, to be honest, which is cool. <laughs> but I have not seen that in a lot of people that I typically surround myself with. And so like, I definitely feel inspired by him to kind of move a little bit further mm-hmm. on that spectrum, but I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at, I guess. I'm glad I'm like processing this with you guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> Because I definitely, you know, I felt like, oh, like, and I know this is silly, but like, because I also did sense like, okay, I don't know if we're that compatible in these respects. But then when, you know, I, I felt like he was pretty direct, I was like, oh, but you don't like me, even though I might not like you. Like, you know, it's just a silly thing that I think a lot, no one likes to be like rejected mm, or no. viewed as somehow less than, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely something that comes up with modern dating. It's interesting because you guys kind of got like a mini relationship within 24 hours. Yeah. That's what's so crazy, right? Like, like, you know, and I was, I was seeing someone before, obviously before Jeff and, and, you know, I feel like in like, Within one day, I learned more about Jeff with the, than this other guy. And mm. I mean, and one of the reasons I'm no longer seeing that other guy, obviously, is because he just was not open or able to be vulnerable. And, you know, so it was like really kind of crazy, though. Like, I would never have any expectations after a regular first date to get the amount of information I, I got about Jeff and to like be like, okay, like, this is how we view family. And this is the like unconditional love that we provide the people Mm -hmm. that we care about. And this is how we show up and how we show that we're committed to the people we care about. And then after the second date, like I really saw how he fundamentally interacts with the world in a way that I don't think you get that Mm -hmm. unless you're dating somebody pretty regularly for like weeks or months, right? Right. Because also like we're doing all these different activities that bring out, I think, with an intensity that you wouldn't get during doing normal activities. Right. I just don't think I would have seen that had we not done this together. But there was a shift on day two where you said you stopped talking to each other. Can you pinpoint exactly when that happened or what caused that to happen? Yeah, I mean, I think it was basically we went to this political fundraiser. There were obviously a lot of other people there. And then, you know, so we both had the same idea that we were going to have the beginning of the date be really structured. And for me, I was like, because I didn't know him at all, right? And I didn't know what he'd like. So I figured I would just have a lot of options available. But the first part would be pretty structured. It'd be pretty like standard and benign, right? Like a walk across the bridge, you know, we're going to go through the Presidio because it's beautiful. We're going to get some dim sum because I have a hundred bucks and dim sum is <laughs> delicious. But then afterwards, I wanted to be flexible. I wanted to do like a wellness check, make sure he was like feeling okay and then see what he liked. And then we could adjust from there. And I think his view is the same that, you know, he had a set plan for part of the date and then he wanted to kind of be flexible and see how the date took us. Mm-hmm. But once we were at that bar, you know, and, and I wouldn't, I'm not putting it on him. Like, I don't know what happened, but you know, throughout the journey too, we met a lot of really wonderful people. And, you know, once... I shared kind of what was going on, like, especially in particular, like there was this bartender, Crystal, who like, she was just wonderful. And she was like, wait, you're all on a date and you have less than a hundred bucks. And she just like gave us drinks. She gave us (laughs) shots. Like, and that was wonderful. And that kind of thing felt organic. And it was like still a part of the experience we're having together. But then at some point we're like talking to all these other people Mm -hmm. at the fundraiser and then we're hanging out with them. And I was down for that. Right. Like, but when I was looking back at the date, I was like, this isn't to me getting mm-hmm. to know, you each know, other. I'm not getting right. what we were supposed to get out of this state. But also, again, like I am somebody who is more focused on the goals. I am somebody who's like, you know, I was given an assignment from you guys, basically, and I'm going to follow the assignment. <laughs> and I think he, like he just lives his life with more flexibility, which I think is a really cool thing. Um, but I just yeah, I felt like at a certain point, 
we just kind of were just doing activities. But also like by that point, like it's the second day, the weather isn't great. You know, we're kind of confined by certain things. Like we're physically exhausted. You know, it's raining outside. And so I feel like at that point, it kind of became like, okay, we aren't really Mm -hmm. engaging directly with each other. But maybe we needed the break too. Like I kind of had made jokes about like napping or going to a movie where we just didn't have to talk to each other because it's like (laughs) it was like a thing, right? Like there were so many, like it was just so much time together. And also like you're you're spending a lot of time talking to each other, but then you're also doing these physical arduous things and like I feel like I sound like I'm like really out of shape I'm not uh, but like I'm like <laughs> I was tired and and you know maybe he felt the same way uh I didn't think at the moment anything of it but then kind of looking back I was like wait we didn't we kind of stopped engaging directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we brought, like, he brought it back. Like we ended up going to a comedy show and like other things like that. But uh, I did feel like there was this moment where things kind of got like weird Mm-hmm. in that respect you know we got a vibe that you seem very open-minded throughout the mm-hmm. whole process and i think that's a really wonderful thing and i think you should i don't think anyone should make you feel like not fun enough like i think that's all <laughs> really dependent and maybe it just wasn't the right you know fit in general for both parties but it seemed like you were very open-minded which i think is a good quality especially on a 24-hour date to have you know that's really important as like you bring what you've learned from this date into other dates. I guess like from your perspective, what is it that you learned from this experiment about yourself and how you're looking to date? Well, I think I've, I need, I am continually learning to just kind of, you know, be unapologetically me. Cause even throughout this process, I'm telling you that I don't think we're compatible because someone may not think he's compatible with me instead Mm -hmm. of like really being introspective. Like, what do I want? What Mm -hmm. am I looking for? Because I, I did sense, like, I think I was like, I tend to do this thing where I like want something to work. So I try to make it work real. Like we weren't that compatible, but I really wanted it to work because he is, seems like a really great guy. I've learned that I have to continue. I have to continue to try to just it be introspective and think about what I want and not be so concerned with mm-hmm. other people's perceptions of me and what's going on. I definitely learned that, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to ever be as enamored with play as Jeff is, but I, it's a really good idea to be more playful and to go into things, not having any expectations. Like I felt stressed out about the date initially, right? Like Mm -hmm. here I have to plan 12 hours. I don't know anything about this person. He could hate everything I suggested. He could not be able to do the things I want or want to do them, but he was really down and really chill. And I worried a lot about nothing ultimately, (laughs) right? Uh, Like obviously if we're both willing to do a 24 hour date with a person, we don't know. We both have to be somewhat open. Well, I think that's a good amount from this first one. We'll have Jeff come on and then we'll have you stand by for some takeaways. Jeff, you've done a lot of fun experimental dates. We're guessing that you've never done a 24-hour date before. So what about this date was different than your average date? Um, So many different things. Uh, the fact that it was 24 hours, the fact that we spent 12 hours back to back, the fact that it felt like it was 10 dates, and also that it was a blind date where neither of us knew anyone. We were just like, this is the first time we were connecting. And that also we only could spend $100, which then made it really, it was, we had to be very creative in what we did in those 12 hours with only $100. (laughs) So it seemed like from the very start, you didn't feel like the romantic connection, at least from your check-in. Was there ever a time that you felt this could be something or was it kind of consistently more of a platonic vibe 
Um, I mean, maybe early on, maybe in the first like four to six hours when we're just trying to get to know each other. Because again, like you, you get to learn so much about the person that a lot of times you don't even know if you're like, do I like this person or not? Because you're like, man, we have so much time together. So <laughs> we're going to have plenty of time to figure this out. Right. And then I think at one point when we were talking about play and like, I'm a play person, like that's what I do. That's what I do for a living, all that. Um, And she was like, I don't play a lot. Like, I just don't play. Like, that's just not my thing. Then it was just, it was like, oh, okay, that's one of the first times where I was like, ooh, well, this is where we, you know, are different. But but also I was repeating myself, you know, even in the recordings, like, you know, I, you know I'm embracing my panda-like spirit. Like, let me be curious and let me be present. And let's just keep going because we'll maybe maybe that will change or maybe that will evolve. But I don't think then it ever went there. So as soon as she told you that she wasn't into play, that's when the connection ended for you? No, I think I think it was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, that doesn't mean that it's like not possible. Let's just continue to experience this day. But mm-hmm. just the way in which we each show up is drastically different, right? She's awesome, right? She's like dynamic and like at the top of her game. I think also because she's so results oriented, it's very different from me who are much more process oriented. So just even the way in which we show up in public is is different. And I could see that in each and every one of our interactions when we would go to like a certain bar or we go to, you know, like a restaurant or something like that, we just showed up differently, which then just like felt like it was, it was just not that type of connection. Having said that, we were both really curious about each other. So we would, I'm I'm fascinated by her. So we we talked the entire time. So I want to dig into this like process oriented versus results oriented a little more. Sure. Can you kind of elaborate? Like, what does that mean in terms of how you view compatibility? So, you know, because I play, right, that's like what I do. I love to not really focus on an outcome. I'm really more in there for like attunement and connection. I talk a lot about this, about how like one of your first forms of ways in which you connect is via attunement. Like when when a baby looks at a mother's eyes, like their brain waves are identical. That's the way in which people begin to play, right? So everyone is always trying to attune with each other. So when I'm in a space and connect with people, I try to create like a psychologically safe space. And then we kind of like go on an adventure together. So an example of that uh, yesterday was, you know, it was like, okay, well, guess what? Um, you know, for my day, we're going to, one of the things we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to dress up and then we're going to go to this like random event. I'm not going to tell you the brand. It's going to be a surprise event, but let, we're going to go to the Salvation Army. We only can spend like $6 and 50 cents each on an item or items, you know, get dressed up. Like I, I bought like this ridiculous hat and like a shawl and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, we're going to have fun. We're going to try this thing and see what happens. So I bought stuff with the idea of like, oh, this is going to be entertaining. And then she um, like got like a sweater or something like very utilitarian, right? Which is just her way in which to show up to play. It's not, it's not wrong. It's just different. So like then when we were going to the event, it wasn't, we weren't going in with the same like play oriented energy and we weren't on the same page, if that makes sense. I'm, I'm struggling a little bit with this simply because to me, I feel like everyone has a different definition of what play is, but I feel like Mm -hmm. by her being along for the ride in that's evidence of being her 
of her being playful. And I'm also putting myself in that situation. I would probably been even shyer than that. So sure. I, I mean, like for her to even agree to this experiment, that already means that she's pretty playful and experimental. And so I'm curious to hear from you, Jeff, at what level of play are you expecting from the women that you date? Oh, I mean, I don't know. I think, no, I think I do know. I want to be able to go on a date with someone or have an adventure with someone where we both are willing to like put ourselves out there and be fully present in the moment and that the result isn't as important as like the process and our ability to have like an experience together and uh, i think at times and again the, the reason the way in which i'm trying to describe this is like this is it's not wrong or right right it's 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 just different. Mm-hmm. Like the way in which we just were showing up in each space was just different. You know, when we went to like uh, my friend, like Matt Haney's like holiday party for his campaign because he's running for office. And just the way we, we interacted with people was just different. And, and again, that's not wrong. It's just that we just weren't on the same page. It just didn't feel like we were connected. So, you know, I feel like, you know, we're looking at this, oh, like, wh- what did she do wrong? Or what did I do wrong? I don't think we did anything right. wrong. I think we were just we we interact with people in a different way. And that we even agreed and talked about it that way. They were just different people. So I don't know if that answers your question. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like every date isn't going to end up being the person that you end up being with, right? That's just the matter of fact of this. I think the 24 hour, if anything, just probably sped up understanding each other and seeing each other. I guess the part though that is interesting to me is like is there a world where differences could actually make you compatible and there also are a lot of different other elements that make someone compatible outside of just play and how they interact in social settings i guess was there anything that you really liked about her that you do want in a partner yeah, I mean, she is ridiculously smart, ridiculously dynamic. We had so many interesting conversations about politics, about, you know, power, classism, all this stuff. So that's, I mean, it was really interesting and riveting and, and fascinating. And, and she's just doing a lot of really dope work. You know, speaking to Nora about that, I could have talked to her for, or we did, we talked for hours about that. And I love that. I thought that was really amazing. And just also the way in which we both want to like impact the world. We both want to like, our work is revolves around leaving not a legacy, but leaving an impact that actually helps other people and to like speak for people that may not be able to speak for themselves. So that's where we both connected. You did communicate the incompatibility. Can you walk us through how you communicated that? Oh, so then after the day when we were just like texting back and forth, you know, it was like, hey, you know, I this is what I really loved about, you know, our interaction, everything together. Mm -hmm. But I feel like because I'm much more of like a, a play guy and I kind of show up in this like play setting and I'm much more silly and very out there that might that might not be your vibe. So, you know, from my perspective, I didn't feel like we had that level of compatibility, but I still feel as if you're super dope. And so do you, you did mention that her curiosity tapered off on day two. Did this happen mm-hmm. after this this talk? Oh, no, we didn't have that talk until at the after, at, all the way at the end of day two. Okay. So when did you notice the curiosity kind of tapering off? I think probably the second day. I think when we also became more comfortable with each other. We also have to remember the dynamic is we just spent 12 hours together and talked mm-hmm. the entire time together. So in many ways, we felt like we had learned a ton about each other already. 
And then I think, I mean, my day I felt was a little bit different from her, you know, her day. Um, mine started off by, you know, like I got her like a care package because she, you know, really liked popcorn. And I found that out and I got like an umbrella and like a poncho. And I was like, okay, let's start off today that way. You know, then we went to my friend's Reams restaurant who this like it was the first time she was opening it up to anybody since the pandemic. So it was like a really special moment to like, oh, we got to go to my friend Reams restaurant where the only people in there only people allowed in there at the time and she gave us a tour and we talked to my friend tim and it was just like a really like special fun experience and then going from that to you know matt haney's holiday party i was constantly trying to create opportunities where not only was there like we had feel pressure that we had to entertain each other but that we could actually show up in spaces and connect with other people mm -hmm. as well as connect with each other so that's how i felt like it was different and i, was, I put a lot of effort and time to figure out how to maximize the time and also create like a safe space where we felt like we could connect to each other while also connecting with others. So, I mean, it sounds like there's some areas that you did find her, like there to be compatibility, but this play piece mm -hmm. is really what overshadowed everything, like enough to say that it wasn't worth going on a second date. What was it about that aspect that overshadowed all the other potential parts of connection? Well, I think it comes down, you know, to like values, right? And, and one of my most important values is plays showing up in a playful curious you know present type way i think she she interacts with the world in a, just a different way that is also really interesting and fascinating but just not not the way i show up so um yeah me understanding that as what being one of my core values it was just like well this is how i show up every single day so i i already know that this is going to be something that would like probably like rub her the wrong way because there would be a lot of times when i would be silly and ridiculous and she'd be like that's just not how i i show up in the world and i don't want to put her i wouldn't want to put her in in a situation like that so how important is someone to show up exactly how you would like for them to show up versus someone who's open to working towards more playfulness or showing up in the way that you are expecting. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's more the openness, right? It's more like, you know, when I even when I describe it, it sounds as if it's like, this is very rigid, mm -hmm. like there's only a certain way in one, you know, no, that is what it sounds that like. That is actually. what it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it does sound that way. Because when, when I even describe play, I describe it in like, it's a very open ended, like we're having like an adventure together. So it's there's a lot of opportunity to show up in many different mm -hmm. ways and play in, in they don't have to play my way, but they but I just want them to be able to, you know, be more themselves and be willing to allow their silly weirdness mm -hmm. to come out. And some people just don't find that that's not their jam. So that's understandable. A lot of the people that I've dated are kind of weird and kind of silly and, and, and are open to things like, you know, like I have, I have these flowers here. One of the things we were potentially going to do is, you know, people watch. And if we saw anyone that we thought was like really interesting or fascinating, we had these flowers. Or, and I was thinking about like giving them out to people. Well, I asked her, is that some, Nora, is that something that you'd be open to? And she's like, no. I know. I don't, I don't I'm like this. No, that's that's my thing. Okay, cool. You know. So then we didn't do that. I constantly was trying to, especially on day two, figure out ways in which how do we do something that's that's playful and fun, but also within her comfort zone. And if it wasn't, then we were just like, okay, we're not going to do that. 
you know. So 24 hours, you probably saw different sides of her throughout it. And it sounds like you mm-hmm. kind of got a chance to explore different activities from what I'm gathering. What is it about the 24 hour date? Like, what did you kind of learn from doing this about yourself, about what you're looking for, about the whole experience? I learned that 24 hours is a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned that, um, what am I looking for? That attunement is actually really important and that I myself have to also be, you know, more open to different people that might show up, you know, in a way that that might not be like me. So like throughout it, I constantly was trying to think, okay, you know, how can I make this more of a safe space so that we feel more connected? So I was constantly trying to be much more aware of that. And also knowing that, you know, it's also really scary for a woman to be with one this one guy, like a taller dude for like 24 hours. So I was constantly also thinking about like from a safety standpoint of what can we do where she also always, you know, feels in a safe setting, Mm -hmm. you know, to do stuff. As for like, what else did I learn about myself? I learned that I could like just roll with it. I mean, I was really proud of both of us. The fact that we were able to keep conversation going all the time. Like the second day we went on all these random adventures because we bumped into people that like bought us drinks or took us here or took us there. And it felt like we were traveling Mm -hmm. together. And I thought we together had collaborated really well to be like, oh, yo, they were doing this really cool thing. And they people would be like, hey, well, we want to be part of the adventure, you know, want to go here? And we'd be like, sure, let's do that. So, you know, that was fun. I think that was like fascinating that at the beginning of the day, I had no idea where we would end up and we ended up in a drastically different place. Okay. Now we're going to bring everyone together for some final takeaways. Jeff and Nora in one room together. So we have Jeff and Nora back in the studio together. And I would say you and I've been on the edge of our seat this entire weekend. It's like we've been watching reality TV live. Yep. It's been amazing. Yep. <laughs> so good. And this has been quite the experience. I wasn't even on the date, but I've learned so much about being on a 24-hour date and what that means. Before we go into our takeaways, we'd love to hear from Nora and Jeff about what will you take into your dating life from the 24-hour date? Sure. Um, I think I probably mentioned this before, but um, to just be open and to not come into things with so many expectations. I think once I was able to not feel so stressed out about the structure of everything, it things kind of flowed. And yeah, to take every experience as an opportunity to learn something about myself and the world around me. Uh, yeah, just generally having a more positive outlook about dating. Mm-hmm. It's not as awful as some t- it can be sometimes. Yeah, it looks like you guys had a damn fun time, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of we did a lot of really cool stuff. And, it, you know, it was as I mentioned before, it wasn't even just about Jeff Lake. You know, for both of us, we're rediscovering San Francisco and we met mm-hmm. so many cool people along the way. And right. it just kind of renewed my faith both in straight men generally, but also just people like it's uh, if you're open, people are generally open and kind back to you. Well, I think also in regards to the openness, I learned also that Nora and I bonded over the fact that we were like, we are doing this. We are committed to doing this and we're going to get this this like together. And I think the more we spent more and more time together, we actually like together created these fascinating places where then people wanted to jump into our world. The first day was interesting in the sense that it was much more she and I, but the second day, all of a sudden, because we had a certain level of comfortability, other people really wanted to like 
buy us drinks, take us to their place, you know, take us this adventure. I don't know. I feel like we got on the same page in that way. And we were like, ooh, we're like a team now, you know, and we're going to like make this like a memorable experience, not just for us, but for anyone else that interacts with us. Love that. And then I guess a question for both of you is that what is one thing you would do differently when it comes to dating after this experiment? Okay, I'll I'll go. I think I definitely need to be even more open. I mean, again, this is the first time I've dated anyone in like two years. So I have no idea what I'm doing here. So like, this is like a jump off the deep end. So just I think I need to not just be more open, but be more willing to take risks that the person that might show up that might be compatible with me might not show up in the way in which I envision and that I need not limit that or have too many preconceived notions and really be like a panda, right? Playful, curious, and and like present and open to the adventure. Um, I love that. I would definitely echo that. I think for me also, uh, I've learned, you know, I, I really want to be more unapologetically me. And the things I'm looking for aren't unreasonable. They're not too much. I'm not too much. And I think like what was so nice about being around Jeff was like how open and vulnerable he was and how willing he was to make a real effort. A lot of us are like taught we have to be like the cool, chill, like lady and then mm-hmm. like, like kind of lure these men in. It's like, mm-hmm. no, if someone if a guy is like serious about you, you're going to know it and you're going to know mm-hmm. it by, you know, hopefully their words, but really you're going to know it by their actions. And I felt like Jeff really demonstrated he was committed to doing this in a way that I also felt committed. And so I'm just going to try to like, if, if something's not really working and if I'm not getting what I need from something to not give it a million chances, because there are people like Jeff out there who, you know, do align with me in a lot of ways. So somebody is going to be out there who's going to give me what I need in the time frame that I need it. That is the best thing you could learn from something like that. (laughs) I mean, I think there's been so many interesting kind of tidbits that have come up from this. I think we can kind of go into some of our takeaways from this whole date. But I think for me, the biggest one is that we always say that people need more time in modern dating, but 24 hours might be a little too much time. (laughs) That's one thing that came out is it almost like was like hard for you guys to process how you were even feeling in the moments because it was just all about kind of what you're doing on this date. And I think that almost there was like too much pressure to do activities. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned too from this date specifically is that people view dating very differently. Mm -hmm. Some people are all about just, you know, we could go nowhere and have a connection. And then others want the experience and the activity. And I think you guys kind of got a little of each in this date. It's interesting to me to hear what people kind of reflect back on the date a bit more. And Jeff, I think you're very in the experience. I'd say like yes. ni- 90% of what you reported back was the experience. And I think maybe that is an area where Nora, you could learn from Nora of being more like, it's less about the experience and more about the one-on-one time and all the other people here. And then I think Nora, you probably learned like the experience side, you can learn a lot from Jeff of how do I be more in the moment? How do I stay curious? How do I stay present? So I think there's probably areas that both of you can kind of take away to kind of get that to be more well-rounded. And it's ultimately a combination of both at the end of the day. If we just are looking for an activity partner, that's not really like the you know core relationship. That's just an activity partner. But also if we're not doing anything interesting, then that's boring too. 
Yeah, I'll just say, yeah, I definitely want to be a more present person. I think I'm so goals oriented. And when I think about what I'm looking for, I want a relationship. But why do I want a relationship? It's because I want marriage and kids. But obviously, I need to experience life with somebody every day, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, life is literally millions of 24 hour sessions back to back. And so do I enjoy hanging around this person? Can I really be wholly myself and totally vulnerable and feel safe and comfortable around this person? So yeah, I definitely want to be more like Jeff in certain respects. But I I still got my eye on the prize. I want a husband. I want kids. (laughs) I'm going to do things where like, you know, I want to like get to know you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I completely agree with that. I almost feel as if the first day was much more of us connecting on a level of like understanding each other and who each other were. And then I think the second day was much more experience led. So we probably spent less time connecting in that way. So Yes, I agree. I think, you know, one of the biggest takeaways is going into a date with like a default parameter. I think we go into date thinking, I'm going to give this person like five minutes. And if they don't live up to what I'm looking for, I'm out or the connection's not there. But what if you said the default is I'm giving this four hours minimally so that you Mm kind of know that you are you're spending your time with someone for you know, a set amount of time um, versus them trying to earn extra time with you. That's just never a good way to think about it. There is something to be said about the yes and mentality. And I actually think both Nora and Jeff can learn from this. We talked about Nora, you know, we touched upon that, that you can be a little bit more present and open to this playfulness that Jeff has been talking about. But for Jeff, it's kind of the same thing. There is a yes and mentality in play too. So if Nora wasn't so down for handing out roses or fighting in front of the Uber driver, maybe there's an and to that and not just Mm -hmm. a series of putting her through tests. And I know for Jeff's point of view, These were experiential activities, but from Nora's perspective, they felt like tests and she wasn't passing these tests. So you're creating this me versus you mentality. But if you had a Mm -hmm. yes and mentality, then it's okay. She's not down for that, but let's try something else. And like, let's just show a little bit more compassion with that. What is interesting is yes, both of you had, I guess, a more chilled out date the first day and then more activities based. It sounds like there was more connection on the first day because you were able to speak and talk to each other and ask each other all the questions. But on day two, both of your interests tapered because of the activities that were overshadowing the date itself. It just felt like there was a lot of anxiety around activities. Mm -hmm. What to do next? Uh, What crazy thing can we do next? What crazy thing can we throw into the mix? And that completely overpowers the integrity of the date, which is getting to know each other. When we listen back to the check-ins, your first day check-ins are so different from your second day check-ins because there was just a lot more intimacy and connection on that first day. Yes, I, I agree with that. I agree there there is something about like, you know, when it is too activity focused, you you may lack the ability to get to know each other. I do also have to say though, you know, because you know, I'm all about the yes and like mentality and, and I feel as if and let me know, Nora, if I didn't do this, that that if I presented, you know, a a play experiment, if we didn't want to do it, then I'll be like, Oh, that's cool, we'll just do something else. <laughs> you know, I wanted to create like that safe space that that it didn't feel as if like, you know, she was going through like a marathon or a challenge of like now the next thing but i do feel there's also opportunities in the play where one learns about each other that you can't learn from just 
talking about something, mm-hmm. you know, it's more in the actual experience as well. So I feel there's value in both when two people are in a space connecting with many different people and, and watching how they work with each other. They learn a lot about each other in that process as well, because you can also say like, hey, I'm I'm this way. But when you're in the experience, then people can actually see it as well. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. And I, I you you know, I didn't directly communicate when I felt at times some anxiety around things. And I, I do feel like if I had directly said, I don't, I just don't want to do that. You would have been totally flexible and open. Uh, I think you always did communicate that you wanted me to feel comfortable and enjoy what was happening. So I do think you, you do embody the yes and sentiment. And I do think that you did exhibit that with me, but I do think we did lose connectivity because, mm-hmm. you know, the other people ended up being very distracted, True. but I do think you do see things about the way others engage with the world. That's really important to know when you're looking for long-term viability. So, well, you guys just went through like a month long relationship in one weekend. So I know was that couples counseling. I know I'm like so tired. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you both for participating in this. This has been such a great experiment. And we're so glad that you two had a good time and learned so much about how you could show up for dating in the future. Yeah. And taught us how to get free food and drinks. Yeah. yeah now we so know. Right. Just go into a bar and say, we're doing this dating experiment. We got no money to spend. Give us some free drinks and they'll do it exactly (laughs) in all seriousness despite the incompatibility you both still learned relational skills and Mm -hmm. that's what ultimately what relationships are about is you're relating to someone else right so i don't think anybody should ever say like i spent so much time dating people that weren't right for me because those people who are not right for you are prepping you for the person who mm-hmm. is right for you. So thank you for being on board and being open-minded to that. Oh, thanks so much for the adventure. This is definitely fascinating. Yeah, for sure. I learned so much in such a short amount of time. It was wild. I think I'm going to definitely do dating differently now. Love it. Uh, I'll try. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for being part of the experiment. And thank you all at home for listening to this experiment. If you love this experiment, if you want to sign up for a new one that we have down the line, just you can DM us or email us. You just go on our website, datablepodcast.com. Or better yet, give us a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts. And then we'll you know put you at the top of the list. That's how you get in. All right. Okay. We're going to wrap up this episode in true dateable fashion. Stay dateable. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us. We look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. 
To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.